In case you didn't know, September 23rd marks the first day of fall, which means we are now out of the summer, which gave me an idea for an episode. How are the summer signings settling in? Summer's now behind us. And on episode number 212 of the Jersey Wall podcast, we're going to talk about how summer signings are settling into their new clubs. We hope you enjoy. can't believe that it's like we're already done September bro it's insane and um to be honest with you I think looking back at this summer I don't know about you it's a pretty good summer man it's a pretty good summer I've been having a little thing Nathan I just wanted to tell you like I've lost track of time I don't know like I have no sense Mm. of time anymore ever since I graduated it's like all been like one whole year but it's been like three so yeah. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I, I literally have no idea. Like, it's just another day. But but this summer was very, like, distinct. There was a lot going on. And, you know, you could tell, everyone could tell Jersey Wall was offline for, for a oh, little bro. bit, bro. We were so busy. <laughs> the first vacation of all time. So we missed yeah. one week's worth of content. But then we make it back up because we end up doing, like, back-to-back weeks with our 47 episodes. And we're like, this is basically three episodes so yeah. we paid it back in terms of the minutes, right? We're very, on, very bro, diligent yeah. in our minutes. Guys, welcome to episode number 212 of the Jersey Wall Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. With me, the unfamiliar voice. Finally, we got Joe back. <laughs> Joe and me will never share an episode together. So this show's only big <laughs> enough for one co-host. And you guys no. have to... Uh, listen, bro. I appreciate you stepping in. Of course, bro. Of course. You know what? It's just scheduling honestly like one time honestly, me is busy one time i'm busy but we always try to be together but uh yeah. it's been difficult you know we love the three-way episodes oh, that's kind of sus but yeah Dude, you know they're the I mean. best but... <laughs> <laughs> no but i think the other yeah. thing is both of your clubs are suffering so bad right now that just Dude. like the act of talking about footy you're like i hate footy right now I Footy's hate only it. good when we're winning <laughs> well, when's basketball october's near please bro. let's go yeah like tjw didn't exist pre-2008 part of that is because i was but also because bro if city yeah. sucked like this i would be like man this is bullshit i don't want to record this stupid podcast yeah <laughs> meanwhile bro. now every week i'm like oh yeah we want to get yeah you know what's up oh who's yeah, gonna start up? this week who's gonna start this week like the two yeah. goals yesterday watching the the city versus forest game Come like on, a, a tale of two halves don't get me wrong right because it started the most champagne football i've ever seen was yeah. the two goals that we scored i've never yeah. seen genuinely like that i can remember this is i'm sure recency bias fine but goals that well worked where it's just pass 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 cutting through open man put it in goal and you're like yeah jesus what a freaking team now roger getting sent off one minute into the second half doesn't help anybody's cause but you know what bro he's overdue for some time off i think he did that on purpose i I need some games off i'm thinking this into my heads I agree, bro. And you know what? The replacement is like still good. <laughs> He's worth forty yeah. million. Yo, Calvin that, Phillips that is out there just like, fist pumping in the corner. He's like, yes, yes, <laughs> I can play. And I'm like, yeah, bro, because Calvin Phillips, you'd play in like every other team possible. So you know, Pretty much. that's uh, it is what it is. It's it's good. You know, enjoy the peak, Nathan. It doesn't last forever. Trust me, I know. And um, uh, yeah. But I mean, I, I, as of right now, it feels like it is gonna last forever. But uh, we'll see. You know what? Honestly, it's just like, I think if you look at like historically what Manchester City Football Club came from versus what it is today, I think so many of the fans, fine, some of the new age fans will probably be like, 
bandwagon and jump when they're when when the team starts to not succeed as well but for, i think for a lot of them they're just like this was not supposed to happen right yeah, like yeah. this level of success is unprecedented and it shouldn't have happened this way because there's lots of clubs who have spent lots of money but they didn't do what we did here so i honestly think this high will just ride out for a long long time even after pep leaves even after the squad is regenerated and we have you know oh roberto de Zerbi in charge yeah oh, yeah. No. oh <laughs> how terrible will that be you know <laughs> we're gonna have somebody like that some next gen unreal manager it's fine bro we'll restore parody we're the big bad villains that's not what we're here to talk about today of course we have to talk about city off the top but joe obviously we're gonna talk about chelsea because chelsea of have course, a thousand bro. players who came in and whether or not any of them have succeeded so far is probably up for discussion i'll ask you would you rather kick off this episode with the good signings who I think have hit the ground running and who are doing exceptional okay. or the bad ones? Uh, save the best for last. Uh, all right, bro. We'll kick it off. Yeah. yeah, let's get it all out of the way. Let's get the, the yeah. rough times yeah, out yeah. of the way. It's been a long yeah, time since Joe's been on the program. Joe's favorite team is Chelsea, although sometimes it really isn't his favorite <laughs> team. <laughs> Joe, I'll ask you, to be honest, man, I think we can look to most teams and look at the players they brought in because most of them bring in how many? Two, three, maybe even four players yeah. in the transfer window. And you go, that's a window. Chelsea brought in like 15, right? Yeah. So like, like a lot of them I haven't think. even played yet. You yeah. know, you're still, you said last time you were on, like, bro, I swear sometimes I, they bring on players. I don't even know who they are. I've yeah, never yeah, seen yeah. Their face yeah, before. I've never seen them. Like, I don't know who's playing for us. Some people, you know, some people haven't even debuted yet, by the way. There's like five or four. <laughs> Yeah, so I believe it. It's crazy. I think with the exception of Levi Colwell, yeah, he's probably the only player in the team that you can go for sure. Like, yeah, gem. Like that's that that's working a hundred percent. Everybody else, you have a case for. Well, maybe you know it's a little unsolved because listen, Chelsea are doing really, really, really poorly right now. Right, their yeah, last yeah. run of fixtures is is not helping their cause. And Not even Pochettino had to come out and say, listen, yeah, I understand the expectation for Chelsea is that we're Champions League winners. We have to be, you know, winning all the time. But this ain't yeah. that team, bro. Yeah. You know, like this yeah. is the same football club with an entirely new owner, entirely new players, entirely new system, entirely new manager. Everything is different. Yeah. There are times on the show when I've talked about Chelsea and I'm like, bro, they're just, they're the blue team. Like this isn't a Chelsea club. This isn't yeah. a Chelsea team. They're just a team in London who wears blue, who happens to be called Chelsea. Yeah, the identity is still forming, and that will take some time. And I think it, Pochettino, you're right to trust. However, if this episode is about how summer signings are settling in, you could look to Nicholas Jackson, Moises Caicedo. Obviously, he's the big one because he spent he was a lot of money. Yes, and yeah. a thousand more players who all cost in the regions of you know twenty to forty million. Is there anybody, anybody so far that you're like? Yeah, that that's a good that's a good signing so far for Chelsea. Okay, um, hundred. I'm like, okay, sorry, bro, because I'm thinking of how many players we like. We literally got in, in so many, yeah, so many. So I'm like, off the top of my head, uh, ones that stand out are shit, bro. Like none. Yeah, that's what I'm uh, I know. Yeah, like, yeah, none, yeah. bro. None, bro. Right, like I if mean, we go, uh, look through who extent, you brought in. To an extent, you could say, uh. Gusto, but he still has a lot of work. You know, he's not a first team. He's only been playing because Reese James has been injured, right? Exactly. And he, and he has exactly. so much he needs to develop, which is okay. Yeah. Like, it's a normal player. But, you know, in a team like Chelsea, the pressure's 20 times more. Um, yeah. You know, the Saucy, I think, is atrocious. 
personally. I think he's not good. I don't think he's a good player. And I, I know that needs I like, like more time. I like, you know, I, I like know him. you like him. I know you like him. But uh, Badia Shil's like fucking. It's like the moon and the sun. It's different. Night and day different. If Badia Shil was right footed and you had Cowell and Badia Shil on opposite ends of the yeah, field, yeah. that would be that would be fantastic. But you ha- you bought Badia Shil knowing Cowell was doing great on loan at Brighton. Yeah, and it's just like wh- why? Why are you? You know, and it's yeah. like that, that meme of like, can we get McDonald's? No, we have McDonald's at home, and then the McDonald's at home. You had a call will at home. You ha- you already bought them. You, you, had you know what? This is another thing, Nathan. I, I'm glad you brought up this point. I think um, I think the fans were led to believe that there was kind not a, not a process, but there was more of a structure to it. Mm. I'm real. I'm noticing like Chelsea have zero structure when it comes to signings or anything because the influx of players, like everything's happening too fast, and it's very oh we need instant success. But like he's literally playing career mode. Like this is the I joke around. I would have city play career mode this and that, but not really. Like this is the yeah. this is the closest thing to a career mode kind of style you've seen a club do ever because 10, 13 players in. You know, like, that's insane. And on top of that, uh, you mentioned that, like, you had someone out on loan. Like, the loan structures are wrong, too. Like, the, we sent Andre Santos. Uh, yeah. He's not even playing at... Not even, getting, uh, not even included in the squad. No, bro. No. No, at Forest. And Forest went out and bought... And they said that they worked really hard in structuring that that deal that he was going to get minutes and you know that's that's turned out to be a disaster i think we actually have to recall him in january because they went out and mm. bought like two other midfielders yeah uh, sangari and he's not one a- of which yeah like yeah. bro you bring in ibrahim sangari like sorry anybody else you had on playing there ibrahim sangari is that guy bro he's no, playing no, no. in that position exactly right so um that's another thing but um with chelsea right now like back to the question that you said like who is standout-ish? I don't know, man. I don't know. Like I, I want to say, and Cuckoo was standout-ish in maybe the preseason. He's injured. Davia's injured. Buddy Shield injured. Okay. Uh, but but like I'm talking new signings specifically. We have uh, Lavia, uh, Cuckoo. Um, yeah, I think those maybe are the two that I know right now that are injured, but there's probably a lot more that I'm forgetting. It's just we have too many players, too many new faces. So many. We have no identity, bro. We have no culture. Listen, the management changed. The players changed. The coaching state changed. But what didn't change, of course, is the fans. And the yeah. fans have seen it all. And they demand that they're like, oh, it's a process. Bro, you know which fan base you guys bought? Like, this is the team of zero process. Like, we fucking hate processes, bro. Mm-mm. But yeah. we have to just take it in. <laughs> We, we have to take it in. And Mark today, you know, the proper Chelsea fan he is, is Sack Pochettino. <laughs> He's already in, right? And, uh, and, uh, and I'm telling him, Mark, that's not That doesn't it. surprise me at all. Of yeah. course, Mark is Sack yeah. Pochettino. Sack Pochettino. He didn't, want, he didn't want him from the beginning. Listen, I didn't want him from the beginning either. We oh, always man. said, uh, me and Mark both said we wanted Luis Enrique, but... He's right. here now, bro. And and Pochettino, I watched today's game. Pochettino didn't miss the four one-on-ones, brother. We were supposed yeah. to win today's game. They missed yeah. Jackson, Nicholas Jackson, in the preseason. I'm like, we got a Drogba, bro. Yeah. Now I'm like, we got a Morata, bro. What the <laughs> hell is going on? It's so bad, bro. And Sterling, they, okay, the media... I don't know. They're like kind of flip-flop with this guy. One minute, they're like, oh, he's doing... He's amazing, uh... He's doing great, but like Sterling has like some bad moments, bro. And mm-hmm. uh, that doesn't help the new signings around him who are get exposed. Um, Caicedo is, uh, bro, I don't, you know what? 
funny enough, like I said, save the best for last, but I don't know who is even that good that we, you know, had this season, like we signed. I think everyone has been like mid at max, like nothing had, no one has been stand out as good right. to say, even Caicedo was like 120 million. He's been so freaking mid bro. Like Gallagher looks better than him on the ball sometimes, which is yeah. crazy. So I, I think, I think there's no plan. There's no strategy, but I do respect Pochettino in one sense that he is starting a similar lineup week in, week out. And that was the mm. problem with Potter where he was switching the team so many times. What is our best 11? But he's right. confident in his 11 that he's putting out, including Mudrick and all these guys. But man, um, it's disappointing. It's it's really disappointing. I, I don't know. I want to ask you, Nathan, like who do you think is standout-ish from our new signings? Because personally, I think none. Bro, I divided up my show outline today between good ones and bad ones. Good ones, I have players who we're going to get to later. And bad yeah. ones, I put Chelsea. I, I didn't put any players yeah. from Chelsea in my good ones. I put yeah. the Chelsea question in the bad ones section. And the reason is because I, I don't think that any of them have been good. No, I don't think exactly. that anybody's hit the ground running in the way that you probably would have hoped. But at the same time, listen, like... You know, accountability is a huge, huge part of, you know, problem solving, right? And this is a problem. So who's to blame? It's really not that simple. It's the Chelsea board who thought that they could buy 20 kids and somehow it would just work. Like it doesn't, it doesn't, yeah, it, it doesn't, doesn't even work, work in like football that. manager, bro. No, when you, it doesn't. When you sign 15 wonder kids. What happens? You lose. It, you lose. You, bro, on foot, like if they played one game of football manager, did the same exact thing, they'd lose like for like half a season because of the fact that the team doesn't know how to play. Dude, it incorporates the fact that they're new people and they don't know how to play together and they don't speak the language. It Literally. does that too, bro. Like, no, and I that's don't just even... it. Like, that's where, yeah. because you, you might look at it and go, and I don't mean you, but I mean, people would look yeah, at yeah, this and course. go, like, bro, what do they think? It's the video games where it just works. It doesn't even work in the video games. Yeah, like, there's no scenario where this works even if it's a lot of talent now many many years down the line does the team build yeah absolutely but bro this is not a down the line sport especially not in modern times everything is what have you done for me lately and the fact that like bro what was the what's the stat we were talking about the other day it's been like 600 days since chelsea last beat a premier league side in the top 15 of the table Yeah. That's an unbelievable statistic. And these kids don't have the answers because they're not experienced enough to deal with the problems. I don't have one. Ex- I think that Nicholas Jackson at times looks like a great player. I think that Moises Caicedo is an excellent player and will settle into the team very, very well. The thing is, bro, Chelsea identity right now rides on two players. Reese James, who's always injured, and Connor Gallagher, who's not that good. Yeah. Meaning when Connor Gallagher is basically the heart of your team, there's your limitation. You have your ceiling. Every wonder kid who you brought in is only exceptional within the system where they're able to flourish because of the system around them. They're able to do that. Yeah. Even if they take the, the, the bull by the horns and like, yo, this is my team. They can't all do that. They have yeah. to be a team and they don't know how to do that just yet. I would love to say that, especially, you know, you know, Jackson or Caicedo will settle in, but in the first month, we haven't really seen that. We thought that, that Jackson, after a few weeks would have found his feet, but he hasn't yet. So I don't know how well he settled. He's probably secured that number nine position for himself pretty well, at least temporarily. Um, uh, he, he's, uh, he has a problem with yellow cards, very rash decisions, you know, mm. and, and you see that um, we mentioned this on the chat, like 
now he's banned for next week's game, and Broha yeah. has to step in. He just made. I'm um, I'm happy he's made a recovery and he's back in, but he has yeah. to start now next game. You know, too much unneeded pressure for a guy who literally just came back from like the worst injury I've seen since last literally. year. Right? Yeah. Uh, disgusting. And I'm happy he's back. But even when they play football, bro, I I looked at it. I'm like. Nathan, we're like Aaron Mills Soccer Club. Like we have like those flashy moments, but the yeah. decision making is atrocious. It's 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 like a little kid's decision making. Why? Because it's a team full of little kids. That's There's exactly no it, Thiago Silva's the oldest, 38. Okay, but like, bro, what the hell is only Thiago Silva gonna do? Because the rest, like, you have to lean he's, on your senior players. Yeah, Raheem Sterling to me isn't a leader, right? He he does mm, his own thing. I he agree. is a senior player, but he's not a leader. He does not yeah. a vocal guy. Okay. Uh, Enzo is a person trying to become a leader, but doesn't have, doesn't like understand all the concepts or ideas of becoming a leader just yet, which yeah. is a learning process, of course. He's trying to work on his game, bro. Like, ah, bro, like, and and Reese James, I feel is a leader, vocal, and all that, but he's injured, right? It is yeah. what it is. He's always injured, and but whenever he comes, he's impactful immediately. Like it, it's, it's a problem, and we, we're lacking identity. We're land. We're lacking. I don't know. Just a lot, man. A lot. And it's, it's yeah. not good enough, to be honest. So No, yeah. I mean, the, the redemption here is how does Nkunku do when he comes back? But right now, he, he's been injured. Hasn't played. Correct. Got nothing yeah. for him as well. It, that doesn't mean yeah. that it's bad. He's just... No, no, of course not. Like, not applicable. And Lafayette's injured too. You Lafayette know? too. Yeah, like, uh, it, it, this is another thing. We have t- 10, 12 injured players, bro. We've been having injuries for three years in a row. So yeah. the medical staff, like, I think everyone needs to lose their job. No, I'm genuinely <laughs> serious, bro. Like, I don't know what, what are you doing. If if they're coming back and not rehabilitating and there was a leak recently that said that something about them uh, just not doing the right exercises to fully rehabilitate, it's like a million mm. things, man. And, and to be honest with you, it's... Uh, it's kind of toxic. It's toxic throughout the club. And, the the you know, of course, we have the most reactionary fan base out of everyone, maybe other than yeah. Arsenal. But it, it's just us. It's more like towards our team and not towards the whole freaking Premier League. It's just right. more of like, dude, you guys need to do better. You need to do better. You need to do better. But it takes time. And unfortunately, we're going to have to go through the same thing Arsenal did with Arteta. I mean, two years in a row. Or three years in a row, Teto wasn't good. We were saying, like, bro, how long are you going to deal with this shit, right? Mm. Losing to Olympiacos away, all that. But here we are, man. And I don't want to go through that. I genuinely don't. But I feel like this is this is a new chapter for Chelsea. And it's starting off pretty ass. <laughs> yeah. And to be honest, you either have, you, as far as I'm concerned, you got two choices. Like, immediate success is not an option. So you have two choices stick out the bad times with the manager who will then figure it out and then reap the benefits or keep having bad times with new managers that you just cycle through because eventually the cycle will tip where these players get to an age where they're experienced and then that manager you'd hope will be able to succeed but will that manager be a better manager than Pochettino probably not Pochettino's one of the best managers in the world at exactly this so I think you almost have to like it sucks, but you have you like bro, you're you're this is no, the, bro, the hand you're course. dealt. He was given forty people with a combined age of you know like twelve, right? Like they're all just yeah, super, super young. Genuinely, it's, he's got to make do with it, and and the Chelsea fans have to live with it. But you brought up Arsenal, and I think that's a good segue because getting onto mm-hmm. them, I think you'll yeah. be more happy to criticize their players than your <laughs> own because it's always fun to criticize the other ones. Of course, one of the Chelsea's biggest sales this summer was somehow recuperating recuperating like millions in Kai Havertz, who did not have a successful spell at Chelsea. 
No, no. Now he's not having a very successful spell at Arsenal. I know you're opinionated about him. Yeah, I'll just course. open up the floor to you. Mm. How has he settled into Arsenal so far? Well, I mean, 007 today, right? So after <laughs> the North London Derby, it's 007. So good for him, you know. Uh, he got his bag. Yeah, he's not settled in. I mean, listen, um, we'll segue to another player that I know we're going to segue to later, but... Um, this specific player is one of the players that uh, there's no purpose of being in that particular team. There's no purpose of him being in Arsenal. In fact, mm. I think it's, uh, I don't know who Arteta thinks he is. He's a fucking genius or something to, to do that. Listen, Arteta, I don't know. Like, I, I don't understand the idea of that. And neither do Arsenal fans, by the way. But they want to believe in Arteta because they've been, he's been doing well together and, you know, all that. And, and I understand that standpoint, too. But in my opinion... I'm not. Am I surprised? No. This is what Kai Havertz has. Adds no physicality, uh, creativity zero. Very slow on the ball. It's just what your lateral passes. Okay, cool. Listen, <laughs> today in North London in the North London derby, Arteta made severely terrible substitutions today. Mm. Very bad, except one, probably the removal of Eddie Nketiah and putting Reece Nelson. But that's another point. One of them. Two of them were two Chelsea rejects, Jorginho and Havertz. When they came in to the game, you notice how slow the how slow Arsenal became, how lethargic they were on the ball, especially in the second half. I saw that a lot. It was just, you know, he I don't think like what what is he? Is he goal scorer? We don't know. Is he mm. a cam? Does he create? We don't know. Winger, hell no. Right. Um. What What does he do? Where Where does he play? Does he play that Odegaard role? He can't play there. Odegaard plays there, and he's right. better than him. Uh. Is he? Does he play centerman like Vieira? Not really. Vieira right now. He He got his fucking. I don't know. He recuperated his whole life livelihood right now, and he's playing box to box. He's actually doing pretty well. Uh. Oh, CDM though. He's hey, got a holding. How long have I been driving that Fabio Vieira? No, hundred percent. No, bro, that's right? I was like, yeah, no, as no, soon as he gets in this team, I promise you, people are gonna be yeah. like, oh damn. Yeah, and last Vieira? season he had, I know, no, this is Oliveira because uh, last Vieira, sorry, um, last season he had a bad season, but this season is good. So the thing, the point I'm trying to uh, put across is that he doesn't even play that Trossard center forward role either. So what's with Havertz? What does is he trying to Ozil Ozil without the flair? I don't, I don't know what his. Mm what the purpose of his of him being there in general is now we could all be wrong abiding because you know kai havertz isn't old right he's like right. he's re- relatively young and maybe he does need a season like Vieira to come back but the problem is is that kai havertz been in like the premier league for three seasons now you know mm. he's played these faces before so that's what's kind of more concerning for them and i, I don't feel like yeah he's he hasn't hit a hit the ground off running but where has he you know yeah. like Leverkusen. I mean, that's it, right? And yeah. and to be honest, uh, like we just he just needs to add more to his game because I feel like he's a very lethargic player, and there's no like, I don't know, with a fast paced team like Arsenal, I don't feel like he he fastens up the play or like at least is on par with them. He just slows it down a little bit more. So right. yeah, that's my whole thing about Kai Havertz. I think that I mean I've spoken about this before. I think the ideal system for Kai Havertz is the way that Arsenal move the ball especially when they switch it out wide it creates pockets for him to drift into and he's very very good in those pockets um 
ultimately culminating in cutbacks or volleys where Havertz is running onto as a player drifting into the box. Mm-hmm. But like idealism is not reality. And quite frankly, to try to get your whole system to work around getting Kai Havertz to find a pocket to drift into the box and smash it in, that's like a hell of a tactic that you're just going to implement just for that player to succeed. Because that's pretty much the only way that you get that player to succeed. When you do that, there's a lot of things you negate for how well your team can be playing. And that includes getting the most out of everybody else. Yeah, I think Arsenal are smart to try to do the other tactics, which get the best out of everything else. What does that do? It alienates Kai Havertz because the, the system, the only system wherein he would really, really succeed in terms of like goal involvements. Yeah, we're not seeing. Correct. So, so like there's not it's not that there's no path or avenue for him to settle into Arsenal. I'm sure Arteta knows this as well. He's looking at him going, I can't put the needs of high of Kai Havertz above the needs of the team because who cares if Kai Havertz does well? I want him to be maybe we leave this as like a Hail Mary tactic when you know uh Trossard can't can't score, when uh Saka when he's not coming clutch, like whenever that happens, because he's there every week. Eventually, what's the plan B, C, D, and and so on? One of the letters of the alphabet has the plan Havertz. Yeah, but my issue is that's not a great way to have him settle in, right? That's one hundred percent. He's a sixty-five million pound player. How are you getting a sixty-five million pound player to be plan B when you're not? You're not Man City. Man City can't afford to do that. Be your Arsenal. Aren't you supposed to be improving now that you're in Europe and all that? You can't pay sixty-five million for for a guy who's going to be your plan B, and he's not going to stay on the bench. This is not not how it works. So I don't even think Arteta had a plan for him. He just saw the opportunity to pay undercut prices for players. In fact, I think we got great amount for what yeah. we spent basically like we used them right so yeah i mean with kai havertz but you you hit the nail on the head there so um it's just that i i, I don't know how you can really how you can justify a 65 million purchase on a plan b scenario yeah. right that's why right. and, and bro and if plan b yeah i think it's probably closer to plan like j <laughs> right, like probably like the tenth option for how they play, because I mean Arteta claims he plays you know sixty five formations, so yeah. surely one of those has you know <laughs> guy average the best of it, but yeah, we haven't seen it yet. So I guess keep keep doing more formations, Mikel. Uh, there's yeah, only one more. Real. There's one more bad signing that I want to talk about. And I put bad in the in the air quotes because I think objectively we could say this player has not settled in. You alluded to this earlier. Obviously, we were going to get to him, hmm. Mason Mount. And settling in at Manchester United, you could say almost the same thing that we did for for Kai Havertz at Arsenal. What was the plan? What's the plan? Where is he playing, bro? Word for word, you can literally say the exact same thing. No plan. No idea. Uh, Where does he play? No one freaking knows. I think he's injured now, but he doesn't overtake Ericsson and where he plays because Ericsson creates a lot more than Mason Mount, maybe. But from deeper. Yeah, from deeper, too. So maybe Mina can add his two cents on that. But I feel like... Mina even knows at times he might be clinching for straws here because there's no plan for Mason ha- uh, Mason Mount, sorry, Mason Havertz, yeah. yeah, the dynamic <laughs> duo, right? Uh, right wing, left wing. That's he's not playing there because Rashford and I think Bruno now go- goes there. And even if Br- Bruno is playing right mid or what whatever he- the hell he's playing now, you know, Mason Mount doesn't go there. It's like Granacho or whatever his name is. I forgot yeah. his name. Yeah, Granacho. He's he's a good Granacho, player. He's, yeah. yeah. 
he he goes on the wing, but now he's losing an opportunity. Listen, uh, the mount, the whole idea for mount, I have no idea what the purpose of it is. In fact, they didn't hmm. need mount. Maybe they needed a more box to box midfielder instead. Um, they brought an Amrabat extra... on the last yeah, day. On the last <laughs> day, which is injured as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Look, Amrabat's here. Amrabat plays over Mount any day because Mount is a substitute maybe for Bruno, but Bruno's their main guy. So yeah. with some of the best fitness I've ever seen. Exactly. Like so... Bruno plays every minute of every game and has for years and years and years. It's the Kai Havertz Odegaard thing. So yeah. for Mason Mount, his equivalent is Bruno Fernandez. Like, well, you're not going to overtake these guys, right? Because like they're they play every game. They're not, and you're not going to play striker. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, right. They got a Hoyland. So um, where does Mason Mount play? Because he, Casemiro, he doesn't play. Like in that midfield, where does he play? Max, he can play is where Ericsson plays, but his creativity isn't as much or as good as Ericsson at this moment. Of course, he can yeah. develop and everything like that. But then when Ericsson doesn't play there, are you leaning more towards Amrabat to play a different style? You see? So what is that midfielder's role? Like, what is Mason Mount's role? Because he's 50 million or 60. I can't remember. So yeah. is it another one of those plan Bs? Can you justify 50 million plan B when you can definitely use that money to, to invest it in the current team right now to fix it right now instead of right. your depth pieces? You know? So... That's another, it's question marks for yeah. those two players, question marks everywhere. And this is what Chelsea have been dealing with. So now these two teams finally see the players that we had. Uh, but you never know, right? I have more, there's a little bit more hope for me, for Mount. I hate Mount, but there's a little bit more hope <laughs> than it for him than I do with Kai Havertz because at yeah. least Mount is kind of more of a workhorse and he can probably develop these attributes later on. But right now, just, he hasn't hit the ground running, and I didn't expect him to, but you know, and all it, it could show in all due time. I don't think United have hit the ground running either in general. No, you know? exactly. And like the thing is, like depth is obviously very important. So bringing in a player of the caliber of Mason Mount, who at his best we know is a great player, to yeah. be a piece that United can look to is very, very important. But you're right. Like I don't think the time to solidify your depth is when you really need key pieces in your starting 11. Like, yeah. focus on making your team as good as possible first. Yeah. And to be honest, the way that Ten Hag plays that oftentimes is super, like, pragmatic, right? Like, the everybody has clear-cut responsibilities. They try to do overloads and move the ball to create spaces for other players and then utilize pace. Like, there's there's key tactics that you could look at to, to Aaron Ten Hag and go, yeah, that's what he does. And part of that is, who's the guy? And that goes for pretty much every position, right? Who's the guy? Who's the guy at center back? Lissandro. Martinez controls whatever's going on in the back line. That's their best defender. He's got that. Who's bossing the, the back end of the park? Well, Casemiro, you absolutely need your delegated number six because he's going to, I mean, not you know, sometimes it doesn't mean that he's always going to do it fantastically well, but we understand this is the designated position. Casemiro, Correct. you're yeah. in charge of that part of the midfield. Make sure the, that we're facilitating X, Y, Z. Make sure we can carry the ball up the pitch, even if that's not you. Create the interceptions and do whatever. Yep. Very clearly defined roles. Bruno is the star of the team. Bruno, you are in charge of pretty much making sure that if we're getting on the score sheet, it's because of you. Whether that be from assists, whether that be from goals, whether that be from your movement, your link-up play. If uh, if the other team's playing a high line, you're going to release the attackers to run into the space. If they're playing deep, you're going to play the penetrative ball that gets through to a winger who can cut it back and then hopefully somebody can score. Bruno has that 
that role. And I would say that's arguably the most important role in their team because without Bruno, like they would be even a thousand times worse. And they're not good to begin with. They would be even, even, even worse. Well, where does Mount play? He plays where Bruno plays. Mm-hmm. So you're either going to have to remove Bruno from that position, which at one time I believed might have actually worked. Yeah. But the more I look at how Ten Hag utilizes him, and how most managers ought to use Bruno, is by making Bruno the focal point of attack, where you really can't drop him deeper into midfield and have him be more of a Tiago role, right? Like a conventional deep-lying playmaker who's all energetic. Because he is that. But he's so effective up top Correct. that I, I don't I no longer believe that he should be moved into different parts of midfield. I no, think it should I, be, I don't think it should how play do we build right around or... Bruno? Yeah. Right. I think it should be how do we build around Bruno? And that means that to accommodate Mount's needs, we have to displace Bruno. I don't think I buy that anymore. And so that means that what we have to put Mount into a position where he has to adapt to one of the wing positions, maybe into a different transitional midfielder role or a rotation piece. That's not what Mount's expectations likely would have been for himself, right? Like we were talking a couple of years ago about Mason Mount being one of the the next great young English talents. And I don't think he's in that conversation anymore. I don't even think he's near that conversation anymore. No, no, I don't think so either. And, uh, you know, like his peers overtook him. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, it, it's not necessarily all his fault. Like Chelsea did have a terrible stint. And, you know, a lot of players aren't, the, Chelsea as a whole club, like weren't playing well. But, I mean, you know what, like, I look at it today, I feel like Mount would have easily slotted into the Chelsea first team right now, mm-hmm. you know? Um, as bad like as bad as he is, quote unquote, right? But right. you know, when when you look at it now, the only option he really has at United is play right wing. And that's only because of the controversy because of Anthony. If Anthony was and there Sancho. And Sancho. And Sancho. Yep. If if those two weren't there and Greenwood leaving and like they have a they have a PR disaster right now at United. That's yeah. a different thing, right? Uh, which they can't control. I don't know. I think it's just done. Like, there's some leak in the dressing room. I don't know what's going on there, but it, I have my own problems, bro. Chelsea are a shit at them. <laughs> so, um, it, it, you have your opportunity to play the right wing. I've seen it mounted the right wing. He's not that great. Yeah. Okay. Like, he's not going to cut through the He can the do players. a job. He can do, do the job, job right? Yeah. It's not going to be his peak, but this is his only option. And, um, right. Right now, that position is also up for grabs because Granada is going to be like, bro, I'm a, I'm a natural winger, bro. Right. Like, let, let me play, and I'm going to fight for it. And he does fight for the position. So can Mount do that? Can Mount become, develop into that cam slash right winger role? Can he do that? I don't know. Only time can tell. But yeah. that's the only position, and that's because opportunities just arise. So he has to, yep. like... I know we're only six games into the Prem, but like this is the Prem moves fast, right? So is he going to take advantage of that? We'll see. But if we were going to talk about like the start of the season, there's like no place for him, bro. Like there was literally none, Mm -hmm. none. And um, yeah, Kai Havertz is stuck. Kai Havertz is stuck, but Mount Mount has that slight opportunity. Like I said, at the right. So we can see, we'll see what happens with those guys. All all garbage to them. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, and I want to I want to move away from this garbage. Yeah, <laughs> so please. many bad things. Enough with the bad. Let's move on to the good ones because yes, this episode actually should not be predominantly about bad ones, bad. and we've probably devoted more time than we should have to 100%. these players because listen, we're problem solvers. That's what we try to do. Try to figure yeah. out what the problem is, how do we fix it. 
Correct. But you know who doesn't need fixing? A lot of players. A lot of players have come in and fixed problems within their own teams because they're like, I'm here. It's I'm a lot guy. more good than bad, to be honest. Definitely. So many more. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, My list you, is mine, like... mine is the Chelsea part because Chelsea as a whole team is bad. Like, it's very right. difficult. And I think that's a very... Uh, that's a team that's like an outlier. But other mm-hmm. than that, if like you look at individual players and what teams they went to, so much good. There's so much. So good. many good. And we're going to talk about it. So let's start with, you know, I'm, I don't like to praise anything about Tottenham, but James Madison has been exceptional. And, bro, I think I'm, you know what, Nathan? That's an IQ play because James Madison is <laughs> the, the top of my list on like the best transfers in the summer. Today mm. in the North London Derby, bro, Saka with his little, uh, he was making fun of uh, James Madison's celebration. And every single time he did that, Madison told him, son, sit down. I'm your daddy. This is what I'm going to do. And he assisted. Like he started. We're talking about what Erickson does, right? Erickson drops really, like really down the line to basically a CDM role, starts the game from there and uh, distributes the ball. Madison does the exact same thing on steroids today. Mm -hmm. I'm talking specifically about, I think, the first goal. uh, Gets the ball, chucks it. I'm like, dude, where is he kicking it? Right. Straight on, straight on the foot, like so far out on Kulosevsky's feet, they're on a counterattack. I'm like, damn, they could score from this. They do. They score from, because of him, they pass it straight. He drops all the way back in, passes it straight to him, passes it to Son, assist, goal. What the fuck? That's yeah. crazy football. And and he is, he's a amazing cam. And I think he, Euro's coming up. If he's on this form, you got to play with a center attack in mid, man. I'm sorry. This guy is unfreaking believable and shout out to Tottenham for the price they paid for him too, bro. Like peanuts from the relegation Actually, side, right? They were just like, yo, honest, but like, no, yeah, but sure. honestly, yeah. like it's good business. The fact that yeah. they didn't grossly overpay, cause I'm sure Lester would have been like, bro, this is an 80 million pound player. Like you have to pay us that. And, and they're like, yo, you're relegated. So I'm not going to, and you're going to take 40 yeah. and like it. And they, they added that little spice yeah. at the end. And Lester yeah, like, and like it. Yeah. Okay. Because James yeah. Madison's like, bro, I'm never playing for you again. Like, you might as well get 40 because you're not going to get an 80 million pound player. I'm just, I will retire from football before I play in the championship. And so he goes, and to be honest, listen, there's, it, it actually makes me sick to my stomach because I hate praising Tottenham. But, too, bro, he's Bissouma. I know, I know he came last season. Yeah. But Conte had beef with him. I don't, I, listen, we, we could probably figure out why. I'm not going to Con- say. Con- Conte is exposed. Of a manager right now, I think it's he's super, exposed. super exposed right now. So, the fact yeah. that this is basically a new signing for them, because if we remember, here on this show in particular, we're very, very complimentary of Yves Basuma. Yves Basuma kicked off the Brighton project, and people forget okay. that. Yves yeah. Basuma was the first one. Was that was the, the first gem they had, which they reinvested. If Yves Basuma doesn't get sold for 35-odd million, they can't go to their South American expeditions and find the dudes who they found, right? So... Thank God for Yves Basuma. Who's the regen of Yves Basuma? Moises Caicedo. Yeah. Okay? That happened because of Yves Basuma. So glory to Brighton for how Yves Basuma affected that project. But now with this one, as an actual footballer, oh my God, bro. Like, he's not Yaya. Don't get me wrong. But like, when I see a dominant African in midfield who can take people on, who can win the ball with recovery, who can play people off the park. Unbelievable. It captivates me. I hate seeing that it's Tottenham. But yeah. It is like that's just that's where we're at. Yves-Bissouma is basically a new signing. So when your midfield addition and Ange has been fantastic, bro. Yeah, listening to yeah. these Australian stock is I love listening to Australian stock. Just the way he talks about stuff, he's like, yeah, man, like 
you know, this is just football. This is what I do. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's so yeah. casual. I'm that guy. Answers I'm everything that guy. all the time. Yeah. He just kind of knows. He's like, yeah, bro. Like, this is people. People slept for a long time, but I play some great football. And he does. And he has perfect pieces that he's been able to incorporate unbelievably well. The fact that he walked into the project and went, yo, why is, why didn't we play Yves Basuma last year? And, and Yves Basuma is just sitting there like, bro, I wonder. So yeah. this is basically a new signing for them because he didn't feature last year. Then uh, James zero, Madison, zero. Yeah. you have at opposite ends of the park doing jobs which are so exceptionally executed by these players with the right skill sets for the positions. It's like Ange understands what, what they're best at and they understand how to fit the system. James Madison will drop so far deep into play, but you're right. He just surges it forward. Either he's spraying it or carrying it. And there are times when you see him just shift the ball around pass it and then boom now he's gone and he's leading a counter yeah damn it's impressive like this is the same spurs think of the spurs we've seen for the last several years this is that same tottenham but it's a completely different side bro oh completely it's night and day night and day it's bro. Even, us, yeah it, it's genuinely a different team compared to last year like they're like not even the personnel are like it's different they did it the right way the way chelsea should have done it like that but like we yeah. did not at all no. and um Fantastic, bro. James Madison, you, Basuma, like you, you pointed out, like basically a new signing for them. But Madison, fantastic, man. Like a fantastic outlet, outlet for creativity, man. He, fantastic. Um, Basuma's ability to get away from players in like tight situations is so freaking underrated, bro. Like the moves yeah. he does, it, like the flare moves alone – you're like, bro, how the hell did he get himself out of that? Yeah, it's, honestly. Like, it's so Yara Tori-esque. So you're, you got to respond on, bro. It's exactly it's what it so is. It's so Yara Tori-esque. Yeah. I hate to say that, but it's true. It's just, it is what it is, man. Like, it is what honestly, it is. I think the best representation of Ange as a manager for Spurs is he was asked about uh, Arsenal playing in the Champions League, right? So ahead of the North London Derby, they said, is not an advantage for you that Arsenal play midweek in the Champions League and you guys don't? And he answered it by saying, is it an advantage for us that we're not playing in the Champions League? No, yeah. we would much rather be playing in the Champions League. Like, yeah. it's, such a, it's such a common sense response because the journalist asked this thinking, like, you have more time to recover. And he's yeah. like, no, this club plays in the Champions League. That's where yeah. we want to be. It's not <laughs> yeah. an advantage for us to not play in the Champions League. In the Champions League. League. Yeah. We want to be there. We want to be. I just loved how he answered that question. So it's so simple, He's yeah. just, but it's basically like I could give a shit if we have a week to prepare for games. I don't want the rest. Yeah. I want to see my football club playing in the Champions League, and they and have enough depth to for. do that. They have enough. Yeah. They have Hoiberg sitting on the bench now, and I, I rate Hoiberg. So like they, I, they I, are, I think that Edge has just written off so many players. I actually yeah. really admire the how ruthless he's been. The fact that he. It seems so casual, but he basically said, listen, Pedro Poro and uh, Destiny Udigi, you guys are wingbacks? Cool. You're fullbacks now, so get used to it. Hoybier, uh, <laughs> yeah. Eric Dyer, you guys suck and you won't play for my team. And that's like, but in this like cheeky Australian wit yeah, where now yeah. they're not, they're just like, I'm sure Eric Dyer is pissed. He's like, bro, I've been the guy. It's like, yeah, you've been the guy and we've sucked. So yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. including you in this team. And 100%. it's freaking, it's a great idea. It's perfect. Great. It doesn't play the ball well either. Like, especially oh. on how tight they, even Romero was being exposed a little bit after watching today's game. Bit, I think yeah. he had a disaster class today. I'm looking at it. I'm like, Messi literally carried these freaking Argentinians, bro. There's no <laughs> way. 
There's well, no way. To be fair, that... like the fact that the team is suited to a back three, he just doesn't play with that. Like, but as good as both of, the, especially Destiny Uji has been fantastic. But yeah. Poro and Udigi and Romero all would be better if the team played in a back three. But Edge doesn't want it. It was no. Yeah. We're playing a back four. We're figuring it out, guys. And and they have figured it out very very well. But very well. James Madison, two goals and four assists in what five games basically. Five games, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. Great return, yeah. great investment, fantastic player. Uh, I want to go to the Bundesliga for a second now. Okay, yeah. On the note of, of Spurs, I think it's only right Spurs. that we talk about. Spurs lost Harry Kane. That should have had a detrimental effect on their football club. Yeah. They've, they've coped with it pretty well. Harry Kane is just thriving, bro. Bro, <laughs> Bro's so played good. five times, eight goals, four assists, five goal involvements yesterday against yeah. uh, Bochum in uh yeah. in the bundesliga he's just like dude come on man like this is yeah. he's like is this what it's like yeah what yeah. would my numbers have been if i was playing at a great club all these years i had oh. some pretty exceptional numbers playing for the worst spurs we've seen in a long 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 time every year he was the accent he he, he did great great things yeah but think of what he could have been doing bro like i can't help but think of it that way what if harry kane in 2017 joined real madrid I what think if he, he would Bayern? What if he joined City? What would he playing alongside other exceptional? I think players? it would have been the best striker of all time. I'm gonna be Dude. quite honest, bro. Because there's no way. Like I was looking at him, I'm like, I know Harry Kane, the United game, for example, the Champions League game. I was like, there's no way Harry Kane right now is not thinking like, wow, I literally don't have to do anything but like touch the ball when I need to and score. And he does do that. Like he took the pen, but like. He creates as well, bro. What striker yeah. creates as much as Harry Kane? I've never seen that in my life. I don't care. Your favorite striker does not create as much as Harry Kane. Drogba didn't create as much as Harry no. Kane. So, like, there's no well, way. A lot it. of the strikers, their goal is to just score. So, they're, they're mostly poachers, yeah. right? They're, they play roles yeah. like that. Kane's like, Navi. I'm like a nine and a half. Nine and a I half, pull up, yeah. I, you know, like I'll play, I'm a playmaker. And that's, it's so good in the Bayern system. Cause you have players like around him with so yeah. much pace and Sonny so good on the ball. Right. Like, yeah, Nabry, right? like amazing, Sonny, yeah. Nabry, right. The football intelligence of Muller, the electrifying ability of Jamal Musiala. And he's just like, these are my options. Like this guy's just smiling all the time. He's like, Oh look, Alfonso Davies is on the run. Hey, Fonzie, go for a run, yeah. bro. Puts it yeah. right into his stride, then just drifts back in. Fonzie crosses it back in. Boom, there's a goal. Over and over and over and over and over again. The only limitation to Harry Kane playing in the Bundesliga is that it's a 34-week season as opposed to a 38-week, meaning he technically doesn't have as many games to score goals. But, bro, he could easily, easily get a goal a game in the Bundesliga, have 34. Yeah, And then I would imagine track, probably so. what? 15 assists as well. Yeah. That's Balodar-esque, bro. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. but if Harry Kane has 34 goals in 34 games and 15 assists, what are we talking about? I know. I know. I, that's Balodar. I'm sorry, bro, but he, I don't care, bro. That, that You're going to, you're, you're talking about Balodar's when you're in that conversation, when you're, when you're putting out stats like that. He's, uh, it's crazy. I, ho I hope he has a good Champions League. So we see yeah. how well, like he does because, yeah, let, let's enter him in the Ballon d'Or. Now that he's away from Tottenham, I don't mind entering Harry Kane into the <laughs> Ballon d'Or uh, conversation because I think he's a fucking fantastic striker. He's a he was a piece yeah. of shit, but now he's such a great guy, you know. <laughs> like 
God, like we're just yeah. huge fans of over there, bro. Yeah, he tried. Yeah, like I was never gonna get a Kane jersey, right? Because bro, what, am I gonna get a Spurs jersey? Like this is disgusting. Now yeah. I'm like, hey, I already have like how many Bayern jerseys? Do I have one, two? I have two, two or three, something like that. I already have a good yeah. couple of Bayern jerseys. What's another? What's one more? What's one more in that black and pink and on, green kit? That funky yeah. one with Canada? Come on, bro. That'd be pretty Come cool. Come on, bro. I'll put it right next to Davies on the wall, just like on the <laughs> um in the on the note of the Bundesliga. I think his greatest adversary in the Bundesliga for another guy who's just settled in so well, bro. Yo, Nigeria has a crop of strikers coming up like nobody's ever seen before. Yeah, these yeah, dudes, yeah. I don't know what they're feeding these guys. No, no, Nigeria looking they, good, bro. If Nigeria good. can start producing center backs like this, you know, like at the same rate that they're churning out <laughs> strikers, yeah, bro, it's over. I'm sorry, <laughs> Nigeria are gonna be the sickest team anybody's ever seen. Victor Boniface <laughs> joined from Union Saint Gerrois, I believe, in the Belgian league. If I'm if the club's wrong, I apologize, but nonetheless, come from the from the Belgian league. Dude has seven goals, three assists in his first like five games. He's just, it's. So good to watch Bayer Leverkusen this season because Xabi sure. Alonso is one of the next great continental managers, right? Like, yeah, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. We know right? that He's now. Now confirmed, confirmed. Yeah, exactly. The way the... that he plays is yeah. how do I get the most out of key figures in the team? Not every manager does that, and they probably ought to, but a lot of managers will go, how do I get the most out of the team? Then some managers go, how do I get supporting roles to best support the players who I need to be exceptional in the team? And Chabi Alonso is the latter. So he's like, okay, who do I need to be outstanding in my team? Well, I play 3-5-2, basically. So I need to have my wingbacks be exceptional, my defense be solid, right? So that they can essentially just, you know, secure the base up for the team while the team goes into tags. So I need my wingbacks to be really, really good. I need Florian Verts to be really good. And I need my striker to be good. And he's got it. Oh, bro, man. Grimaldo, exceptional. Yeah. Right? Fringpong, exceptional. Come on, we know Grimaldo. Florian Verts, exceptional. Bro. Yeah. Victor Boniface, exceptional. Like, their value is so high for these players, all of them. And I don't know who stays. I'm sure the fullbacks, ah, even the wingbacks, I think, could probably move on because people are going to start to pay attention. Yeah. Now, who's going to steal all the spotlight? It's going to be the ones up top. It's right. Like, the ones up top are going to steal all this. Each of them. Well, I think they paid twenty million for Victor Boniface. You're telling me if he if he continues at this rate, he's going for less than eighty mil to his next club. No, he's not staying at Leverkusen. Yeah. If you have a player who's producing thirty goals, he's not. Leverkusen are cooking though. They're cooking hard, man. They're cooking good. I watched the game with Mark. Verts is so good, bro. He's so good, bro. He's so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're Leverkusen's are a really, really good team, which I'm happy to see. Uh, but Chabi Alonso, it's all because of him, man. 100%. So uh, I have Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. You know what, though? Um, I, I can't say too much about him. Like, I've only watched one game, which was, I think, like a 3 nothing or 4 nothing thrashing. Right. Uh, he scored that game. He, he, he was great. But I was mostly looking at Verts, man, the whole time, bro. He's yeah. so good. But Bro, we uh, could do a whole episode on Florian Verts because Florian Verts yeah. is... Again, just like we're beyond words here to describe them because it just it's it's a redundancy. Every if you watch Florian Verts one time, you're a fan of Florian Verts for one hundred percent. I agree. I agree. I, I agree. This I agree. in this one, I'm devoting it specifically to Victor Boniface because he's the new signing and he's settling yeah. in so freaking well. Their link up play with each other is exceptional. But I'm so impressed because 
I love when players hit the ground running. And the fact that he's a striker who's now going to enter himself into a conversation of being involved in 20-plus goals a year raises the stock. Because the hardest thing to do in the sport is score. It's like, don't get me wrong. Florian Verts, exceptional footballer. Better footballer than almost all footballers in I the agree. world. I agree. Yeah, at yeah. playing the sport of football, right? At, do, at breaking the lines, at having those creative passes, at having that, the link-up play, at, you know, playing off people. So good at doing that. But if you have a player who consistently can put the ball in the net every game, that's your guy. That's your guy. And yeah. he's going to go for a ton of money. So that's, so it's a win-win for Leverkusen. They're going to get tremendous exposure and, uh, and shoot themselves up the table, which makes them more money. And then when they sell them, they're going to sell them for four times more than they bought them for. I agree. I'm here for it. I'm here for it, too. I want to stay in the Bundesliga. Xavi Simons, bro. Oh, bro. Killer. That's another killer, bro. I told my, I told Mark yesterday, I'm like, bro, tell me, tell me he isn't, like, going to be, like, that guy now. Like, yeah. he, uh, he could be because PSV was sick, right? But Bundesliga so is carrying on the momentum. I'm like, nah, nah he's, he's solidifying himself now. Like, that's for real. He's serious. He's basically put himself in the Nkunku boots and said, I'm going to do everything you could do, yeah. at least. And, bro, the fact that, get this, for Leipzig, He's just on loan, right? Yeah, so PSG I know. are going to get this player. PSG are going to get a player who just lit the Bundesliga on fire. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is just so impressive. Because for Leipzig, like it's not necessarily the conventional Leipzig model of having a great young talent that they're going to sell on for more. But for Leipzig, bro, they're going to push Bayern in the league this year. Yeah, Xavi Simone's going to be a huge part of that. This dude's played five games and already has three goals and four assists. Alongside Leverkusen too, eh? So this is a good uh-huh. Bundesliga yep. seat. That's just it, bro. That's why I wanted it's to good have they the got Harry Kane. Bro. Yeah. Yeah, yo. Thank <laughs> God. Thank God uh, they yeah. did. Otherwise, bro, these guys would be pounding we, on that door to come in. 100%. Yeah. No, Chavi Simons, he's a fantastic player. I rate him very highly. But like you said, bro, PSG are going to end up getting him. Like, this guy's got the, the best loan career I've ever seen anyone have. Yeah, Maybe other cool. than Kevin it's De Bruyne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think maybe, but like this one, like PSV, and now if he if he manages to maybe win the Premier, I mean Premier, win the Bundesliga with uh, Leipzig, that'd be hilarious. To be honest, I'd be like, dude, It'd be cool, right? Because yeah, yeah. if you're him, right? Think about Chavi Simons. We've known of him since he's ten. Like, right? like yeah, he, I feel like he forever, was the first forever. like wonder kid that anybody's ever heard of, right? Yeah, because I know maybe for me, alongside I was... Odegaard, for me at least. Yeah. Okay. Odegaard. But we were in high school. We knew Odegaard. Right, because he was the same age as us. So Travis yeah. Simons is younger. Yeah. So I was like, bro, how, this kid's like ten years old. He had like two million followers on on Instagram when he, he was, was playing 13. for the Barcelona uh, team, right? The young, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then he went to PSG, and then it it didn't really work out initially. So he left, and it was a, it was just alone to PSV, and he tore it up. Then he goes, okay, well, the option was his. He could choose to return to PSG because they had the buyback, but they had a very cheap buyback. But it was only he could choose whether or not he wanted to do it, and he was like. Hmm. Do I want to go back? Because I didn't have that great of a spell there as a young player. Like maybe I, I still have to make a name for myself, so I'm undeniable by the time I come back. And PSG were like, "Yo, maybe we'll send you out on loan." And such good loans. PSV yeah. lit it on fire. Lever, uh, not Leverkusen, sorry, but Leipzig lighting it on fire. He's got the world in his hands. If he yeah. carries on at this rate, he's going to tear up the Bundesliga and walk back into PSG's team, saying, "I'm that guy, bro." And PSG is looking good under Enrique right now. So yeah. they got a free midfielder. 
technically. Yeah, yeah technically. Yeah, yeah. There's no. there's three more players I want to get to, and uh, I've segued this so well, bro. Because on the notes of Leipzig, the former Leipzig man, another guy whose boots this dude's filling, Dominic Soberslai, moving to Liverpool. He's only got one goal technically in terms of goal involvement, but, but his impact's masterful. a bit bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his other than the stats, his impact on the midfield has been so much. Like did that midfield changed a lot because of the fact that he could drive the ball a lot faster than yeah. last year's midfield, which wasn't that good to be honest. Better than Jordan Anderson, that's for sure, right? So I think he's uh, the best ball playing midfielder Liverpool have had in some time. Yeah, I think I I could agree with you with that one because he like we look at the score lines right now and the wingers are scoring a lot, but. The reason right. the wingers are scoring so much is because the ball's being distributed so fast to them at the perfect time because of him, yep. right? So uh, that that was a fantastic signing from Liverpool. And for the price, I was like, bro, that's fucking, this is great. Like, this is yeah. uh, this is a really good price to get a player like that. They didn't, I don't think Liverpool fans understood the quality they got in that. I knew Savotsai was good because of, I watched the Nkuku Savotsai right. highlight uh, remix, but it was, uh, it was really <laughs> good. It was good. Um, fantastic. What do you bro. think his ceiling is? What do you think Savotsai's ceiling is? Like, is he like, and this is high praise, but like on okay. a scale from current abilities to like Kevin De Bruyne, where does he fall on that line? Does he get, does he, does he near De Bruyne? He's I, 23, his 24, set, right? I actually don't think is that far from what De Bruyne's top level skill set is. I'm not saying he'll be that player because De Bruyne's yeah. like arguably the best midfielder the league's ever seen. Yeah. But in terms of abilities, he has the attributes necessary to get near there. I don't know if I'd be devastated if he becomes, I think, as good I think as he caps- for Liverpool. I'd be so pissed. You know, I know, I know. I think he caps uh to a level one level below De Bruyne. I think he caps there. Okay, I, so world I, class, I, but not the best in the world. Okay, fair. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like he's not gonna, fair... we're not gonna. We're not gonna say he's. May, I don't know if we're gonna specifically say at the at like a certain season or a moment. Yeah, he's the best midfielder in the world right now. But we right. will say he's world class. I definitely think we're right. gonna say he's world class. But uh bro, what what the fuck? You know, like not world class players don't come every day, right? It, it, people are no, so I know that's world class around, but like he he will actually like his ceiling is world class. So let's see how it yeah. goes. Yeah, like if we put it in FIFA terms, he can be a, a team of the season player every year. He can yeah, be in I'm the talking, team of the year. Team of the year, yeah. If FIFA <laughs> terms overall, he's definitely ninety one. That high? No, bro. You know, a solid yeah. 81, 88 overall. I, I give him an eighty-eight. No, no, not that's bro, the ceiling. Want to be world no, class? ninety-one, bro. 80, 89, 90. Yeah, I don't know why they have the bro yeah, ninety-one. Okay. Though, to be fair, but this is I'm giving yeah, old FIFA cool. terms. <laughs> yeah, we are. Put in FIFA yeah, stats, bro. FIFA stats in there. Yeah. Just gotta simplify it for the people. Yeah, for I got two more names. We're running through me. the back end of this because I don't want us to go too heavy this week because we've yeah. done a lot of your well content over the last month. Um, number two. This one is for the people like me who never gave up on this player, Joe. And I'm going to readjust my seat to tell you about this. Joe, Please there's a name. Don't say Renato Sanchez, bro. No, no, bro. Okay. He can't play more than 14 t- minutes without getting injured. 14 no, no, minutes, no. yeah. Nobody knows why he's injured. Okay. But it is another pork chop. Okay. A Benfica alumni who went for a lot of money to a team that didn't suit him. In the international stage, uh, he went for another manager that didn't suit him. Then he went on loan to Chelsea in a system where, guess what? It didn't suit him. But some of us believed. We never forgot the player, the moments, what happened when Joao Felix graced a football pitch under a manager that allowed him to be himself and express his undeniable footballing abilities. Joao Felix 
has hit the ground running at Barcelona basically for free. Bro's playing for pure passion at this point, and yeah. he is lighting it up. Joe, tell me, how good is it not refreshing to see Joao Felix enjoying football again? I'm happy for him. I'm happy for him because I could see the, how good he was at Chelsea especially like even his debut and it's not his fault, you know, like I, I really wish, you know, you know, shoulda, woulda, coulda kind of thing, but yeah. I'm happy for him and he's fucking tearing it up, bro, because he gets that freedom. That's all he needed, bro. That freedom and Barcelona are looking good because of Joe Felix and Lewandowski and bro. Amazing. Amazing. He, I'm really happy for him. And, and you know what though? I expected this. Like Joe Felix is a good player. I don't know why people shit on him so much. Because he like hasn't he shown it. I feel like yeah, people okay. didn't watch yeah, Benfica, but, but, and then they're like, the, oh, this guy's not that good. Atletico Madrid played with, like, one striker and 18 defenders, bro. Like, You're telling me. <laughs> and I, I would have vetoed my own trade. There, I vetoed my trade. Um, <laughs> I would I would have definitely vetoed my transfer there, bro. No way. Like, I would have been like, no, nah, I'm going fucking Atletico Madrid. So I can play center back? Striker center back? No, fuck that, bro. And well, and Chelsea, he, he showed up, and we were shit, bro. Chelsea's a shit club right now. So it's not his fault. Yeah. Man. I mean, but listen, like, I don't know if we can fault the decision making of a young player like Felix because he was only 19 when he left and he was offered a seven year contract it's with Simeone fault. basically telling him, I'm giving you the keys. We're going to play three, four, one, two. You're going to be the one. You're going to play with Luis Suarez. You're going to play with players like this and you're going to be in charge of linking up, facilitating the play. The problem is that was cap, Joe. <laughs> That's not what yeah, happened. Yeah. They yeah, played my, four, my, five, one and he played 100%. left mid and he was like, I'm, what am I supposed to do? Like, wh- what do you what do you actually want me to do here? Nathan, listen, bro. My 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 friend Joe Felix was a victim of grooming, bro. He was groomed by uh, <laughs> by by uh, Atletico Madrid. He by a man in a dark suit, Diego bro. Semedo, yeah, bro. Uh, Diego Simeone, nice, right? It's fucking terrible. But yeah, sorry. Go on, go on. No, bro. I'm just so impressed with how he started his campaign at Barca. Like, just to see how well. But it's not just that. Like, the confidence that comes with being able to play your football, playing off Lewandowski, playing next to Gavi and Pedri and players of the sort, where you're just like, Joao Felix picks his head up while he's running with the ball and has teammates who are moving around him. He's like, oh, this is great. Look at all the options I have. I'm not alone yeah. here. This is yeah. awesome. And he'll, yeah. you know, he'll he'll sit little link up place. Or the fact that he'll come in. And you think, okay, well, Felix is in here. Where is he going to go? And the natural shot, he's going to try to finesse it to the far corner. And he'll drill it low near post. And it beats the keeper. And you're like, this this is Joao Felix. And I'm here for it because there's a lot of people who gave up on Joao Felix. A lot of people who didn't watch him in Portugal. They didn't watch him in Spain. Because even still, you have to remember, Joao Felix was at one point Atletico Madrid's player this season when he had like 12 goal involvements. I think what we're about to see, finally, four years on, is the Joao Felix spawn that Benfica produced. This is the guy. This is a 126 million pound player. I hope that for his sake, he can stay at Barca. I hope they can kind of, you know, find a way to resolve it. Because I think that if Joao Felix is permanently a Barcelona player for years to come playing under Xavi in a system like this, bro, this is going to be the guy that people were talking about. This is going to restore him to the Ballon d'Or conversations. I know it's early to say that because it's still only been a few games, but the eye test is it means something and in football today stat padding is such a big part of the sport where everybody's just like yeah but you know look at the metrics he's putting out what is he really doing when you watch a player who can tear teams apart that's a lost art bro and i miss that i miss seeing players do that felix will do that and i hope that he does it for forever for the rest of his career Um, the number one name joe the last one on the list yes 
I don't think that anybody can have a bigger claim for the impact this dude's had. And it's the redeemer. Jude Bellingham <laughs> is an exceptional Bro. footballer. There's times when Real Madrid played like absolute dog water for 75 minutes of a game, maybe more. But the script of football ends with Jude Bellingham scores the winner after 90 minutes. And the impact, the feeling that that gives you when you watch that makes you forget, even if he was bad for, the, for most of the game, even if Madrid sucked for the whole game. What do you remember? The late winner. And the fact that he's scoring exclusively late winners, and not just one or two or three, six goals <laughs> and one assist since he started his campaign here, I don't think we've seen a hotter start from a player at Real Madrid since Ronaldo. Yeah, bro, listen, since Ronaldo, bro, he uh, he he fits the profile. He's a Madrista, bro. He's like that flair, that big, big-name player, you know, comes in, hits the ground running. Yep. I'm happy for Jude. You know, we all knew Jude was like a baller, bro, baller. Dortmund days, you know, because I did not watch him in Birmingham. Are you fucking oh, stupid? I'm did, not watching bro? a Birmingham. Okay, thanks. No, thanks. Uh, <laughs> n- n- another wonderful eye from Dortmund, bro. Dortmund recruitment need a trophy at this point, but... Back to what I was saying. Jude is a proper Madrid player, bro. This guy's yeah. going to stay there forever. Like, I, well, you'd assume so, at least. For the yeah, best. I think so. Yeah, but, like, he is just like, bro, I'm the guy. It could Imagine going to Madrid and s- scoring goals like that and being like, I'm Hemi. I'm Hemi Butler, bro. I'm that guy. <laughs> I, I, like, literally. I'm Hemi Butler. <laughs> except, you know, he puts up stats. Jimmy Butler at times, bro. Jesus Christ. But, um, right. He is, he's that guy from Madrid right now, and he's their main outlet. So, fantastic signing. And he's only 20, 21, right? How old is yeah, he now? I don't even think he's 21, bro. Wow. I think he's 20. Oh, and he's, 90 million is like a bargain, bro. Honestly, <laughs> like, dude. It's like literally nothing, bro. You're going to get like 200, 300 million worth of uh, out of him, bro. You're going to win a Champions League with this guy, bro. One of the yeah. years at least. So. Probably win everything at some point with him. I, to be honest, Madrid have huge holes. Like, huge holes in their team yeah but guess who's not talking about that literally anybody who anybody. are they talking about jude bellingham, jude bellingham scoring yeah. late winners every single week and the bro band-aid. today you know what today is joe tell me 24th madrid derby oh really? this afternoon at 3 p.m at the time of recording this oh my god hold on a second breaking news newcastle beat sheffield eight nothing today Bro, I did not I, watch this game. I apologize. Yeah, we, were, we, we, were, we were recording. <laughs> we, we missed this one. They, they're forcing Newcastle at the 11.30 time slot so much. 12, like, I don't want to watch them all the time, bro. But ain't nothing, <laughs> it's kind of disgusting, bro. I don't want to like, watch Saudi watch Arabia the Saudi play. Time, buddy. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you will watch this team please. play. Anyway, I, I only brought this up because at the time we're recording this, it is technically before the Madrid derby starts. I can't wait to watch this game. Oh, wait. I live in Canada and therefore can't watch La Liga. Thanks, TSN. <laughs> Why buy the rights, bro? Like, okay, we're not going to get into this. That's for another bro. But when you're listening to this tomorrow or some point this week and Jude Bellingham scores today and therefore this game finishes 1-0 Real Madrid with Jude Bellingham in the 90-plus-8, it'll just strengthen the cause, bro. That's where we're We told you so. We told you. He's settling in so well. And, guys, to be honest, I think I've, I've highlighted a lot of players who have done well so far this season. But there's even more if we really wanted to get into it. But there's no time for that today. Today, I think that we've devoted a good amount of time to the bad signings, why they haven't settled in, and the good ones, and what's been so exceptional about them. So with that being said, we're going to wrap it.
Let's wrap it up, baby. Let's go. Episode number 212 of the Jersey Wall Podcast officially in the books. Today, we talked all about how summer signings are settling in. As always, I've been your host, Mr. Nathan Santos. And with me, I had Joe. Joe, thank you. Love you, bro. Of course, man. Come on. Always a pleasure to be here. It's so nice to chat with you about footy, guys. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you want to find more Jersey Wall content, please click the link in the description for all TJW content. Otherwise, we love you. We'll see you next time right here on the Jersey Wall Podcast.